Hello and welcome to the Interfish Podcast, where we bring you the most interesting and compelling seafood news. I'm Drew Cherry, Editor-in-Chief, joined today by John Fiorillo, Executive Editor. Right, I guess everybody out there is wishing they could get on the road. Um, maybe the first show, maybe the second show. It was a little bit of relief there, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of a nice break to not have to travel quite so much, but that's changed. And I think we're all itching to get back on the road. We're all itching to shake hands, to uh, sit around and exchange ideas, um, brainstorm, just meet up with old colleagues and friends. Everything that makes this industry interesting. Um, it's it's a cliche, but seafood really, really is a people business. Um, in part because a lot of people are born into it. A lot of people spend their entire careers in this sector. Um, it's a it's a, it's a shared uh, a shared love, if I can use that word, for this sector. And a big part of that is meeting up and meeting in person. The big question is, when are we going to get to do that again? Just this week, the North Atlantic Seafood Forum, which is held in Bergen, Norway, every year. Um, And really, that was the very last kind of traditional seafood show of 2020. When I think about it, it was the last one I went to. Um, But they announced this week they were going to go all digital in 2021. Um, That event is several months away. It's held in uh, in early March. So for them to make that calculation this far in advance tells, I think, all of us what we can expect from trade shows and from events in the coming, uh, in the coming year. Um, and, and I think what it tells us is probably the first quarter is going to be quite iffy for shows. I'm not even sure if there'll be uh, any shows in the first quarter. John, you uh, wrote a story yesterday, and you uh, were kind of speculating uh, what might happen. Um, Diversified, which is the world's largest seafood uh, show organizer, operates Brussels, Boston, um, several other events uh, around the world in the in the fisheries uh, sector and um, in the maritime sector. Um, they have had a tough run of things. So maybe tell us a little bit about the background of who Diversified is um, and, and what it's been like for them um, in this period when essentially they've had to cancel all of their shows since, um, since about March. Yeah, I mean, Diversified, as you mentioned, they run uh, Boston and Brussels, which is now going to be Barcelona if it uh, ever cranks back up. And um, the company however, is much bigger than their seafood events. They they actually operate more than 130 shows and conferences combined. And they're all over the world across a myriad of, of uh, sectors. So this is what they do, obviously. This is their DNA. So think about uh, a company like that that overnight loses its ability to host 130 events and the revenue that that uh, loss uh, entails. So, um, yeah, so they, you know, a lot of people, not just us, a lot of people have been wondering, how are these guys surviving? You know, how can they, I mean, that is virtually no cash flow, right? So, um, you know, the Portland Press-Herald reported not a little bit ago that, um, you know, uh, their Ted Worth, their president and CEO um, of Diversified, 
said that, you know, immediately 90% of their business fell off uh, right after the COVID uh, lockdowns. They were forced to uh, into default on some of their bank loans and had their credit uh, shut down. What saved them, at least in part, was they got $6.1 million in the Paycheck uh, Protection Loan Program, which uh, the U.S. Uh, re, you know, the real the, sorry, <laughs> the U.S. implemented to uh, encourage companies to keep employees on and, and keep jobs. So that's been done, um, but now we don't know what remains. How much longer they can continue without cash flow and. I don't think any more paycheck protection loan money is coming right away. So uh, it, it appears they're in a pretty precarious, precarious spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, another bailout loan uh, is is questionable if it does come. Um, and it seems minute to minute that the Trump administration will say that it is coming and it's not coming. Um, so we'll see about that. Um, I think President Trump sees that it could uh, help his election prospects, um, which are quickly dwindling away, if he were to uh, to sign um, a stimulus package, which could help some of these companies. But there's no guarantee either whether or not Diversified would be one of the companies that receive a loan, how much they would get. You have no cash coming in. If you're not operating trade shows, they have a few other uh, businesses and publications and things, but not much. So it, it's um, it's going to be an interesting impact on the entire seafood sector if Diversified reaches a stage where it has to scale way back or um, or I don't know what. But, um, but setting aside Diversified because uh, there's really not going to be any likely change um, and kind of looking at a broader picture for trade shows, John, um, what can be done um, and, and what are some of the things that are being floated out there um, by potential trade show associations to be able to, to keep COVID risk down and, uh, and, and do they make any sense? Well, um, it's good. Good question, because today the Global Association of Exhibition Industry, it's a trade group that represents people who put on trade shows and exhibitions and those types of things. They came out and they're a global organization. And actually, Mary Larkin of Diversified, who if you had anything to do with their shows, you know, Mary's a great lady, but she's the president of this group right now. And they came out today and called on policymakers and governments around the world to help uh, the trade show conference sector recover. And what they would like to see is they would like to see some sort of policy that allows um, rapid testing um, of people uh, before before events, before they uh, fly to events, maybe at checkpoints at the events things like that. So they're looking to get that type of um, solution um, implemented or at least allowed. Uh, uh, in most cases, if you fly somewhere, you have to quarantine and, and things like that. So this would be a way around that. I, you know, I don't, I just put myself 
personally in this situation. And if that was the case, Boston was going to go on in March like it always does. But, you know, the virus was still running around crazy like it is. Would I, you know, would I take one of those tests and still feel good about going and potentially being in a a room with 10,000, 20,000 people? Personally, no, not not me. You know, others, maybe I'm a coward. I don't know. You know, people have opinions, but um, no, I'm not going to do it. So I don't think that proposal is going to go very far. Yeah. Well, you're a snowflake, John. Um, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I, I feel absolutely the same way. Um, I see the necessity of trade shows. Absolutely. I love going to trade shows. I love covering them. Um, we, we've had, they've been really important to, um, to, to our business, I, I would say for, for sure. Um, and how we uh, meet with sources, um, certainly on the intrafish commercial side, a, a lot of our uh, commercial team makes connections and has meetings there um, at these trade shows. They're, they're incredibly important for this industry. Absolutely. Um, are, do they fall into the essential category of, you know, if I don't go, our business is in danger? An industry without trade shows, um, let's say in the coming six months, let's say even the coming year, um, which I hope things don't last that long, but there's no reason right now to beyond hoping that um, there's no indications that we're going to see, at least in the United States, this um, this going away anytime soon without um, without a vaccine. So that being the case, it's just going to be interesting to see how the industry, how it impacts the industry. I, I think you're already seeing it. And I think your point's a great one because this could be a significant change for the industry. And when I say there are, you know, we're already seeing the reaction, conferences, which of course aren't trade shows, but, you know, they're large gatherings. They, so many of them, the Gold Conference this week is a great example. They've gone online and, you know, the jury's out on how successful they're doing uh, or will do with it. But, you know, it's working. I mean, you a lot of people are using it as an option. So, OK, there's one way they're reacting to it. And I know you have talked to people just as I have executives who, you know, they're saying they're kind of enjoying the travel break. And they're getting a lot of what they would normally do at a show done on Zoom meetings with clients. And these meetings are shorter, quicker, to the point. Um, objectives are met much easier. And I'm hearing that over and over and over. So I, I don't know. It just makes me wonder what the new normal trade show looks like. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because there is going to have to be changes and and not just Purell dispensers um, on every on every corner. That's that's not it. Uh, there's going to be a, a good amount of concern and PTSD and worry when everybody goes to these shows. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you I, I, I think you're bringing up. Um, this evolution and how people communicate. We had these tools available to us, um, 
But I certainly, it would have been unusual for, let's say, when we have an editorial meeting, for us to have that on camera, let's say, six months ago. It just, you know, we might have hopped on, we might have not been on, but largely, it wouldn't have been commonplace. And now, when you call, even when you call for interviews, it's pretty commonplace that you would do it on video. And that's created something very different. Uh, I'm not sure in every sector that it's been a good thing. I'm certainly tired of Zoom meetings. We don't use Zoom, but Teams, I guess you could say. Um, You know, in in terms of internally, there's all kinds of of desire to meet and connect, and people want to do that. But I would say probably the entire business world is a little exhausted. But I'd also say that people are getting better about it. People are getting smarter about it, and people are beginning to understand, you know what? A 30-minute meeting is about enough, and then I need to give myself a half-hour break before my next one. So there's kind of a, you know, there's a learning uh, a learning curve here, just like we all learned when we went to our first trade show of what's the most efficient way to do this? What's the most effective way? How much can I get done? Um, where do I spend my time and resources? Um, but, but I think that, uh, I, I think there's a real, um, a revolution in how we connect with people remotely in a more regular way. So rather than say once a year, you think, oh man, I, I got to get this meeting with X, Y, or Z CEO. I've got to be there in person. I'm going to get 20 minutes. I can't get him or her any other time. Well, now, uh, we have the ability to, to drop a line and, and maybe have a face-to-face time for, you know. 15 minutes. Um, so conversations have gotten uh, more intimate, at least, uh, you know, the, the at least um, telephone conversations that would have been, um, you know, maybe felt a little more distant. They can feel a little more, uh, you can feel a little more connected. It's not in person. It's not the same as shaking a hand or looking somebody in the eyes. Um reading body language, sharing a meal, sharing a drink. But it is also not something that's probably ever going to wet, going away. I think this change in habit is, is going to be uh, here for good. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, 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 will, I do love the trade shows. I mean, I've gone to so many of them, as have you. And it's always a great time to catch up with people and you learn stuff every time you go so i'm hoping that the shows whether they be the diversified shows or any of the other uh events going on out there continue i just i just don't know what they're gonna look like and yeah and on the other hand though i mean i think people are so cooped up that you know, if they were confident they could go travel somewhere and be around their, you know, colleagues or whatever, I, I imagine they'd jump on the plane right away. But there's just not that level of comfort now, especially here in the United States, where things are just out of control, it seems. Um, and whether we'll have that comfort if a vaccine comes, uh, you know, maybe so, but that seems to be a bit away, far away, maybe. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a tough time for anybody who puts on live events. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very, uh, very interesting to see how they adapt. And it may mean appointments. It may mean that people, um, 
you know, have to wait in line to go to certain booths. It may be that there's a lot of, a lot more breakout rooms. Um, but I, I do fear that the trade show as we know it um, may not be coming back for a long, long time. Um, and that's too bad, you know, because like you said, I, I love weaving through the, the crowded aisles at uh, Boston and, and Brussels. And I was really looking forward to the last Brussels um, and having a little celebration that, you know, the show doesn't have to be there anymore. Um, but uh, but those casual meetings, it's it's. It's not necessarily the uh, prearranged meetings. It's not necessarily the visits to the booth, although those are great too. It's really the casual meetings. It's the it's the um, coincidental meets, uh, you know, in the hallways or at a booth where you make an interesting connection, and and it certainly helps as a journalist. It helps us do our jobs to gather information and put things into context and learn uh, and pass it on to our uh, to our readers. Um, so, so it is something that um, that I think we're we're gonna we're gonna miss, but I don't think we're gonna see it ever come back quite the way it it was before, at least for a long time. And even then, even then, I don't I don't see this model as being one that people would make the same um, make the same investment to send so many people to um, to attend. It just seems seems risky. God, it blows my mind to think that, but I, you know, I can't disagree. It just, I, I mean, just, just think logistically on the Boston show alone or any of the big shows, you've got to fly people in a few days before the booth has to get set up. There's hundreds and hundreds of workers all over the show floor doing things. People are mixing. I mean, it, it's just crazy. And then you open the doors and 20,000 people come rolling through in three days i mean there, there's no way i can think where you can pull that off right now i i, I yeah i just i don't know I, i'm trying to I'm trying to process this a little bit <laughs> yeah and i i think that yeah i think a lot of people did that calculation already you know when boston was pushed back to the fall initially and a lot of people said no you know it's it's not worth it it's not worth that risk of putting that money into going. Um, and so that's something where people are going to have to make that calculation, um, you know, about whether or not it's, it is worth putting their staff at risk. Um, and probably looking at their bottom lines, you know, nobody is, is uh, going to be doing great right now. It doesn't matter what you're selling. Um, you're not going to be seeing exploding sales. And so people are tightening their belt. It's budget time. People are heading into 2021. Um, and so they're probably going to look at those line items and say, hmm, how, how should we go about doing this? Um, but again, that's all to say that I really hope um, for a, a lot of reasons that we do get back to normal and are able to resume trade shows in the way that, um, at least in the way that we had seen them somewhat before. Um, because I think that that in-person meeting um again there's not really a replacement for it zoom is a fantastic zoom and and uh, other forms of uh, video skype teams etc they're really good ways to keep in touch they're uh, as i said they're they're creating a new kind of relationship um uh, to to bridge some of the distance between people but it's still not the same um one one salesman i was talking to who travels around the world a lot we were kind of 
doing some math and thinking, okay, by this time in the year, I would have been overseas, you know, and he said something like six times back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and you don't necessarily miss the, the airports and security and all that. Um, you know, that's no fun, but you get to be kind of a pro about it. Um, but he said that what he really missed was the information. And I, I think I know what he means because there is, um, whether it's a phone call, uh, whether it's an email, uh, whether it's a text, there's information you get when you spend time with people in a casual atmosphere or in a more relaxed atmosphere or even in a in a professional face-to-face atmosphere where you learn things and, you know, you jot them down in your notebook or you kind of put them in the back of your mind of, oh, yeah, that's a really interesting thing that this person just said. That would make a great story. Um you know, it's it's um, there's so much going on when people interact with one another in person, um, and and so I'm looking forward to when we can do that, and we will be able to do that. I don't mean to say that we we won't be you know doing that in the future, but I don't think it's ever going to look the way it did, um, you know, in in 2019. Yeah, and that that begs the question of whether these companies that put on these events can survive. Uh, with uh, a smaller version of themselves, you know, maybe the the shows are half the size they were, or something like that. I I don't know. I don't know the financials enough to <clears throat> be able to make that determination. But that very well could be, like you're saying, it could be a much different event than uh, you know we've been used to. I mean, but think about that the the um, the impact of that. I find that interesting um think about somebody like morel botter those types of processing equipment people you know a big part of those events is so that people can walk up and see those machines um a big part of marketing a new product is being able to build up that hype and be able to get people to come by your booth if you've got a you know a new uh, whatever a new retail item that you've launched you know i don't know where those dollars can be spent to get that same effect. I don't know. Do you have, have you given that any thought at all? No, I I haven't, but you, you make a good point. You know, I mean, so much of the show is, uh, you know, say Boston anyways, is product tasting and, you know, introducing new products. And I mean, other than, other than that, I suppose you have to mail out samples to people over and over and over again. And that's just not the same thing, obviously. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's a reason they exist. There's a reason they didn't go away when everybody thought the Internet would kill them and the, the rapid developments in communication technology would make in-person trade shows obsolete. This was the theory over a decade ago. Well, <laughs> that didn't happen. In fact, uh, most of these shows are bigger than ever. So there's something there, you know. Now, COVID's a little different, obviously. So, um, you know, we don't know. We don't know the long-term impact. But they're survivors. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if they survive this one. Well, they'll be back because they make a lot of money and they'll be back because I think the industry does need them. I guess, you know, part of the question that, that you were asking with your story, too, is 
does a company like Diversified, how do they, you know, how do they bridge that gap waiting for things to come back? Um, and that must be just terrible in the trade show universe for anybody that's putting on events, um, you know, um, to, to be looking at that hole in their, in their balance sheet. So, um, yeah, well, for everybody's sake, we hope the trade shows, uh, come back quickly because that means that things will be returning to normal again. So it'll be a bellwether, uh, of, uh, of a, of a recovery. So, um, let's see, let's see what happens in the first quarter of next year. I'm very unsure. It's hard to look, it's hard to look that far ahead. You know, it's, um, we can get a vaccine. Who knows? Um, who knows when? Um, but by who knows when, I think realistically, we all have to be thinking that um, even if it was discovered this morning, we're, we're still uh, many, many, many months away from it getting deployed widespread across the world. So, Yeah, it's hard to look forward to Q1. That's a good point. I mean, I find myself not even like having trouble figuring out what Christmas is going to look like, you know, I mean, you know, you, you, typical Christmas or holiday celebrations, family, blah, 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 blah. What? I don't know. I don't know what that looks like this year, you know? Well, I can, I can tell you, you can just come look in the sad face of my 10 year old when she's thinking about missing uh halloween and missing trick-or-treating that's that's what that's what it looks like that's what the holidays look like <laughs> well mine are older so i don't think i'll i'll see that but i understand <laughs> i'm just gonna buy a, a whole bunch of candy and give it to my kids and hope that makes up for it and then pay for the dental work later so makes yeah. sense well, all right. Uh, so, folks, we'll end it there. Uh, do go to intrafish.com and check out John's story on this topic. It's really, really uh, fascinating to see where Diversified is and, uh, and, and get a sense of, of where, they might be, where they might be going. Uh, and, of course, we've got loads of other news. Uh, goal was this week. We did some coverage of that. Um, and, uh, and, and we've been putting out a lot of, uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic coverage of, uh, all our usual stuff. So head on over there. We're there 24 seven. You can, uh, get onto our newsletters by, uh, hitting on our menu. You can sign up there and you can follow us on social media as well. So, uh, drop us a line with any news, any tips, any ideas, anything that we could do better. We want to hear from you editorial at intrafish.com and do us a favor Go to iTunes or Google Play or wherever you're getting this podcast and subscribe and let us know what you think. Um, we know there's listeners out there and we love hearing from you guys and we love hearing ideas on, on things that we should be talking about. So do let us know. Thanks, John, and we'll talk to you all next time.